Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We are really excited today to be here for another one of our Thanksgiving recaps that we're doing. And this is such a busy, busy week for us at the Hallmarkies podcast. <laughs> but uh, but there's a lot of fun films to talk about. And we are here to talk about two of this weekend's or week's films. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner. And I have with me today as my guest co-host, I have Joe from Guy at the Movies uh, YouTube channel. And thank you so much, Joe, for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat about these two films. Yeah, so you're new to most of our uh, our audience, I think. And so why don't you introduce yourself uh, and tell us about your uh, kind of your, maybe your experience with Christmas movies, where you're some of your favorites. Yeah, sure. That's, that's a great question when it comes to favorites. I've been thinking about that a lot recently because I tend to watch the same ones every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm Joe from Guy at the Movies, mainly on Twitter and the Guy at the Movies.com website. Um, I'm sorry, Instagram and the Guy at the Movies.com website um, and focus on daily movie reviews as well as movie news uh, and really the latest trailers. So mm-hmm. just always excited to try to expose people to films that maybe they wouldn't have seen otherwise. Uh, but in terms of Christmas films, I was excited to watch these. Of course, um, you know, identifying as a member of the LGBT community, we'll get into this, but the Christmas house was a very exciting step forward for Hallmark. Um, but when it comes to Christmas films in general, the one that I always go back to, and it's because I read the book when I was younger, uh, which was called Skipping Christmas by um, John Grisham. But Christmas with the Cranks is the title of the film. Mm-hmm. Um I love that movie. I know it yeah. gets a bad rap, but I just have so much fun with it. Yeah. Well, I just always just like, let them go on vacation. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> yeah, they just want to take a break. Yeah, for real. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know what you mean, though, about introducing people to films. I think that that is definitely the, that's the set most satisfying part of yeah. of the the whole experience uh when you find something that you really love and getting people to check it out give it a chance uh, and even with some of these christmas movies like i've had ones that i've really kind of championed that i really love like christmas pen pals or christmas perfection those were two that i i think i i <laughs> i got I got a lot of people to watch those movies and for the most part people really enjoyed them like I did and uh, and so that that feels good when yeah. you can uh, you can champion a film that you really love well you know we were just talking about one a little bit on Twitter the other day mm-hmm. um, spontaneous being one that wasn't yes. really or hasn't been getting much attention but it's a mm-hmm. very good movie mm-hmm. It's so weird because it has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. So everybody who's pretty much everybody who sees it likes it, but nobody's talking about it. And what's your experience with, with kind of Hallmark or Lifetime type of TV movies? Is it something you've watched uh, before or is this kind of your, your new to the genre? Yeah, I've been inconsistent with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Lifetime is one that I probably gravitate towards more mm-hmm. for the true crime aspect and yeah, such. Really go that route. Yeah, yeah, the thrillers. Um, but with uh, Hallmark, it's always kind of refreshing. And I was reminded of this watching these two films that it's it always brings you back to just a you know even the worst thing that happens in the movie is 
a positive part of the movie in a way like it, it's used positively you still feel good about the movie um and I, I i kind of like that i need that every once in a while to have that positivity and that feel good sensation yeah. that you don't get all the time yeah we call the lifetime thrillers we call them the cautionary tales <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. the homework is the is the fantasy um <laughs> And uh, uh, yeah, they're they're the kind of movies that Hollywood used to make all the time, but they never made they hardly make it all anymore. You rarely get yeah. a sweet rom you know sweet rom com, and uh, and if they do make a rom com, a lot of times it's really vulgar and just not uh, not for this audience. And Hallmark is just so brilliant in the way they figured that out and they they monopolized off of it. 100% they cornered yeah. that market very well <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, all right well let's dive in let's talk about the Christmas house this aired on the 22nd so it's last uh, Sunday and on Hallmark Channel and this stars Robert Buckley uh, and uh, Brad Harder and his baby which is so cute that was his baby at the end oh really uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Anna Iora, Jonathan Bennett, Sharon Lawrence, Treat Williams. So incredible cast. And the little summary on Hallmark Channel is when TV star Mike Mitchell's parents ask him to bring back a revered family tradition, he re revisits the Mitchell family magic of Christmas's past. So that's not the best description of this movie, but nevertheless. Um, so let's talk about some of the reasons why this was an important film, as you mentioned. So in here we have, because really this movie was more about the family than it was about the mm -hmm. romance, uh, I think. Uh, and, uh, and you have in here Jonathan Bennett and Brad Harder, who are the... Jonathan is the brother of Robert Buckley's character and uh, and he is married to Brad Harder's character and they are waiting to find out if they can adopt a baby uh, and so yeah this was really new for Hallmark and you can definitely say that oh it was you know too, too late I get that but nevertheless I it's it's pretty for especially for such a conservative audience to uh be to be presented with this uh in the story is yeah. is I think a really important thing and uh I I I thought it was I was very excited about it I think it's great uh, and yeah how did you feel about the fact that they were including this so uh, when I first heard about it, I was very excited, but really mm -hmm. anxious to see how they did it. Mm -hmm. um, I've been, you know, burned a few times by films that say we're going to feature the first right. LGBT character and then it's a passing shot in the background or, you know, a random comment. Um, I say this about Disney all the time. Mm -hmm. they, Disney oftentimes will say, look, <laughs> look at the character we have. And then it's a blink and you miss it. The type gay of moment in Beauty and the Beast. The gay yeah. moment in Beauty and the Beast. The... Uh, <laughs> LGBT character in Onward, you know, right? Yeah, <laughs> it drives me crazy. But I, my biggest, um, the biggest positive of this film for me in terms of how they handled introducing the first same-sex couple was that they, it wasn't all about that. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't the typical story you would get where, you know, I, I really expected Jonathan Bennett's character to be bringing a boyfriend home for 
you know, the holidays or something. And then it ha he has to tiptoe around family and figure oh, out yeah. how to tell them. And mm -hmm. that wasn't the case here. They kind of started midway through the story, so to speak. And he was, he's married and they're trying to adopt a child. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. Yeah. Yeah. There, that's a good point that it wasn't about a coming out story that it was uh, about, you know, if they were hiding, if it was only to kind of protect them emotionally, as far as, cause adoptions so often don't go through, which is something that any, you know, couple can probably relate to whether you're LGBTQ or not. And exactly. uh, so, yeah, I agree. That was really good. They had in, august they had a uh, a lesbian wedding in one of the movies but that was way less a part of the plot I and mean, it was probably about three minutes total that they were shown okay. and and i've heard some people say oh it's just a c relationship it wasn't the main relationship um and i get it but i feel like it was a, a pretty equal i mean it's in this particular film was really about the family and so i don't think that they got that much less of an emphasis than i mean a little bit but not a lot than the robert buckley and anna iora couple i that that i felt like it felt like the treat williams sharon lawrence relationship got a certain amount of time jonathan bennett and Brad Hay Harder got a certain amount of time and then a little bit more for Robert Buckley and Anna. And I don't know, did you agree? Would you agree or do you think it was still too little? I agree with you. I don't think it was too little. I, mm -hmm. I, you know, it definitely was the secondary relationship, I would say. I would put it on par with mm -hmm. the parents in this film. Um, but I think you're exactly right there. Uh, the main focus of the film or the main romanticism is around the the two lead characters in uh um i almost said mike mitchell in robert buckley yeah. uh and anna iora right the will they won't they rekindling mm -hmm. that type of thing um but it, they didn't diminish the other relationships at all and you're exactly right it all played into the dynamic of the family and that's really what i think this was about and what the you know if you watch the movie the christmas house is about <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I can certainly relate a little bit to this in that because I, I have a sister that's gay. And, okay. uh, and so uh, we haven't had a family Christmas together yet with everybody, uh, because she's living over in England right now uh, with her with her partner. Uh, but, uh, but just sort of the dynamics of, of the family and the relationships and uh, whether it's a, a gay relationship or a heterosexual relationship, it's just always is kind of a new kind of adventure for the for the family. You know, you got a new person to to uh, to bring into the fold and and make uh, all work, and that can be it can be interesting. Um, and so overall, I should say overall, what what was your overall feeling about this movie? I actually really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. um, I went in thinking, you know, let's see what happens here. Um, it mm -hmm. might be cheesy. It might not be something that I'd want to rewatch, but I actually did really enjoy what they did with this. Mm -hmm. There are a few points where I laughed out loud because of the direction that the film took. So the introduction of magic in the film mm -hmm. um, or the, you know, that as a plot point kind of made me giggle a little bit. Um, but then my, you know, my real job, my daytime job is I'm an attorney 
So mm-hmm. the fact that he was an actor in a show called Handsome Justice, <laughs> yeah, oh. I will tell you the first three minutes or whatnot where it's a scene <laughs> of Handsome Justice, I was like, this better not be a real courtroom scene because it is completely, completely out there with yeah. the decorations, the will in the evidence, case closed, we're done. <laughs> like that's it. But, um... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I really enjoyed it too. It's fun because this was based on Robert Buckley's actual family that did this Christmas house, I guess. And so he created the story and then it was uh, executed by Aaron Rodman, the, the writer. And but he was very involved. He was, I think, a, a producer on the film. Uh, we actually got to talk with him and that was really fun. And so there was, I think, a little bit more sort of passion in this film than maybe maybe some others that you know where it's this is literally about his his family and i think you could feel that going in and yeah handsome justice was so hilarious i absolutely (laughs) loved it (laughs) i think the crazy part is it's i could see that show happening i could see something like that happening (laughs) Uh, yeah i the all the the uh the christmas decor was so funny in handsome justice and uh yeah i mean especially it was fun of robert kind of making poking fun at how incredibly handsome he is and (laughs) i mean he's definitely one of the most handsome people i've ever i've ever interviewed that's for sure and uh, i we we talked to him about uh about lipstick jungle which was such a sexy show and fun show and uh so he has he has those uh he wasn't a lawyer he was a photographer in that show but but nevertheless those kind of sexy shows with handsome justice you know it was so (laughs) funny (laughs) you know and even playing on that one of the subplot points very minor is the uh recording of a commercial for like a deodorant oh yeah that was hilarious you know they they played it just enough just just enough to make it funny <laughs> yeah it was really good and sometimes sometimes these movies especially on the movies and mysteries channel they can take themselves a little too seriously you're just like calm down it's just a christmas movie so that kind of started everything off on a really fun note i thought i agree with you there made me laugh and <laughs> i i just loved tree williams and sharon lawrence as the parents in this movie i thought they mm-hmm. were so good i'm not that familiar with sharon lawrence I have to say, and she really impressed me. Every time that she cried or she started to get kind of emotional uh, because of what was happening in her marriage, I bought it. I really did. She did a good job. 100%. And I think that's one thing that I enjoyed about this the most is a lot of, not a lot of times, but sometimes with made-for-TV films, you can... um, Uh, see that there's some actors that are really phoning it in or maybe just you know there for a paycheck um i I thought everyone was great in this film i really Mm -hmm. enjoyed everyone's performance and everyone kind of brought an authenticity to the role they were supposed to play and did it well yeah she was really good so her and treat williams and he's always good i love him in a home there's a hallmark christmas movie called rocky mountain christmas okay and i really enjoy it probably more than most it's got its flaws but it it it, and he plays the the dad character in that one as well and 
and he has a great scene where he sits down with Christopher Paloha, who's one of my favorites, and he sits down and talks to him about how he keeps the ticket that in his wallet that he was going to use and he was going to leave but he decided and no nope, i'm gonna stay and and get married and be with you know my my wife and everything like that and uh, so he keeps it in his wallet to remember that moment when he made the the decision that changed oh, everything wow. i love that i think that's so good and i think he's he he's really good at that like selling the emotion mm-hmm. and uh, and making and you just feel like a chemistry between him and and it seems like whoever he's working with very like he's also on Chesapeake Shores which is a show I don't care for but <laughs> <laughs> to be frank but uh but he's he's good in it uh, just yeah. the writing is not my favorite um so <laughs> i <laughs> i think he's great as a patriarch he's really good I was first introduced to him and I'm going to forget what character he played, but he was in the show brothers and sisters on ABC back in the day. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, he was a minor character and probably not on it long, but that's where I first remember seeing him. And I, I loved that show um, because it's pretty much the opposite of what we just watched with the Christmas house in that it Mm -hmm. is every moment of this family is dramatic and crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I identified with that because that can be said about my family. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> um, he he is that solid, you know, lean on him actor to deliver that type of performance in a film or a TV show. Yeah, and I think that the whole thing with them being separated, I had somebody kind of say like, it's a Hallmark movie, of course they're going to get back together. But I don't know, there was something about it that I actually, I don't know, it was just because they were taking risks in other ways. So maybe I thought, oh, are they, are they going to take a risk in this way? And really, ha- there was something about it that I actually got kind of drawn in. And mm-hmm. I felt like, are they really going to separate? Like, I felt like it might have happened. And I, I, I just, I thought they did, I thought the writing did a really good job of of making it clear that both people were kind of talking over each other and not really listening very well to each other. And I mean, they have a limited amount of time here, but I thought they did the best they could in showing that there were major problems here. And it was kind of like, I'm getting kind of upset. Like I'm getting stressed (laughs) watching this. No, because I understand that some people need to get divorced and I get that, but it's so sad. Yeah. And they kind of made you think for the longest time, like, is there something bigger here? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, not to get deep into it, but they talked about, you know, things that the husband was doing, that Treat Williams' character was doing. And I yeah. was like, what is, what is he doing? <laughs> where, where is he going? What is he doing? Yeah, like, why is he going all this yoga and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that? I agree. I thought that too. And they make it, you know, make nice at the end, but, mm-hmm. but... I bought, I, I was invested. I really was. Yeah. I will say the one piece of the ending that I completely saw coming probably from five minutes in was the sale of the house to who ends up buying yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That I agree. With that. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so you have a, a, this relationship with Anna Ayora and her son and mm-hmm honestly i could have done without this whole relationship that was the the weakness for me i felt like 
I didn't think that they had that great of chemistry. It was fine. It was serviceable. I didn't hate it, but I thought everything else was way better. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I could have done without the the relationship part of this movie, to be honest. I'd agree with the chemistry. I think the performances were really good, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm with you in that. I, did, I don't know that I really bought Anna in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I don't know. I, I do like that they focused on, you know, bringing the, the child into it and really helping Robert Buckley's character see kind of this different life that he could have and the role that he could play. You know, at one point you end up getting a little bit of backstory about the, his realization of the things that his father did to help him along the way and um, help him learn certain things like magic. Um, and yeah. And she, she was new that, to me. I guess she's in Captain Marvel, but I don't remember her. But um, yeah, she was new to me as an actress. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was good that I liked that they kind of uh, leaned into her, her uh, Latino, Latinx, however they say it, background. And then, you know, you have the tamale making scene, which seems to be like in these Christmas movies, that's the big like nod to representation. <laughs> We're going to make tamales. <laughs> like okay i love tamales they're delicious so that's fine with me uh but yeah she was more of like a conduit for for her son to be in the movie i feel like almost more than that's a good way to look at it yeah (laughs) yeah um her son uh is interested in magic and uh the uh the Robert Buckley's character did magic as part of the Christmas house uh, growing up. And so he starts kind of teaching him how to, uh, this was Noah, little Noah, uh, teaching him how to do magic. Um, What did you think of the flashbacks that they showed? Did you think that those teens look anything like them? What did you think of that? (laughs) Um, Robert Buckley's flashback character did not look like him whatsoever in my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know that I was really paying too much attention to it. Uh, it was a nice touch and they didn't overuse it. It was really sparsely used. I think we saw more of Robert Buckley and Anna's um, background than anyone else. Yeah. And I was just glad that they didn't have them try to pretend that they're teenagers <laughs> because that has happened. That is a thing that I've seen before in Hallmark movies. And so I was like, oh, good. They cast young people. <laughs> Thank <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> they didn't try to de-age them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sometimes they, they'll like, I don't know, just ridiculous. Have them have like long hair and and uh, whatever they see is sort of rebellious looking or something like that. They'll put them in these outfits and you're just like, <laughs> you're not no, pulling no. off a teenager. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah. And then all the magic, I mean, it's fun because you have Christmas magic. So magic, magic fits in yeah. really well. I mean, it was kind of fun that you have, <laughs> kind of funny they they decide to name the character mike you know magic mike magic mitchell majestic 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 mike majestic was mike <laughs> and you're just thinking <laughs> i mean would they go with mike i mean i was magic wondering mike if that was is a whole little... franchise here yeah. right <laughs> i was wondering if that was like a little wink wink to the handsome aspect of robert buckley and because that was pretty funny i, I caught that as well <laughs> funny uh but it was cute 
And uh, so they all get there and they're working on the house. I made me laugh when they have the line about the um, uniform garland fluffage. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Because I can guarantee you the props department at Hallmark, they are very concerned about uniform garland (laughs) fluffage. I I always, right around like mid-December, right around mid-December every year, I kind of reach my garland threshold and it starts to drive me crazy because in these movies, they have garland in places that are unreasonable. <laughs> like Nobody has garland on top of the range hood of the kitchen. Nobody right. has garland on top of the fridge. <laughs> well, and Sometimes for this- they have me, you can't even open the cabinets. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> for the purposes of this film, I feel like they just emptied out like their entire- yeah. <laughs> you know props department of christmas items at least this one is kind of supposed to be over the top where it gets me is is especially sometimes they'll have people who are like not even into christmas and yet every single piece of molding in their house is covered with garland i'm like what (laughs) do you think that you would want to go to see the christmas house i would definitely check it out because i just have these memories of growing up we would go to my grandmother's for christmas eve and um where she lived in northeast philadelphia it was always you know driving into the development you just saw lights everywhere every house went over the top and really did it mm-hmm. um so it's just there's something that is kind of nice about that it yeah. reminds me of my childhood and i can totally buy that this would be something that this family would do yeah and i think that lights are going to be a big deal this year because it's so socially distance accessible. I think that people are, I mean, I, I hope so at least people are going to go all out on, on lights. Uh, Cause it's, it feels like the best way to celebrate Christmas in 2020 is through Christmas True. lights. And well, yeah. And we're already, I mean, I don't know about where you are, but around here there's trees up in pretty much most houses. <laughs> um, people are already decorating. I think everyone just mm-hmm. wants that sense of, uh, it's a transitionary time too, right? When you when you have decorations, you know you're coming to the end of the year. So maybe it's wishful thinking that it's going to mark the end of all this chaos. But I know I I have my tree up already because I just my parents have a second house uh, that they spend a lot of time at, and so I I mean I wanted to get it up anyway, but then I wanted when my dad was here and available. Uh, I was like, oh, take it. let's get it done. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's do it now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think that that it would be fun. It kind of reminds me, oddly enough, of there was one house uh, in, in our neighborhood growing up that had an old tree with a, like hardly any leaves, but lots of branches, and okay. uh, and so they would do this thing, uh, this pumpkin tree every uh, Halloween. And what we'd do is we'd carve the pumpkins on the side instead of on the top. And uh, and then we'd hang them from the tree and it'd be this pumpkin tree. And there was like a whole sort of mini little festival, I guess you could say, kind of around it where we would have, they'd have Bobby for apples and stuff like that. And yeah. that was sort of a, uh, I feel like sort of a similar experience of sort of just the small little sort of neighborhood 
kind of tradition and I remember I was actually even on the news when they covered the pumpkin tree one year I think we still have it somewhere on some old VHS of me of saying I can't remember what I said but that it was you know so fun or whatever and, and so great. those kind of community neighborhood I feel like they're less common now than they maybe used to be but when those sort of traditions can start up it's really special yeah that's great. It's, mm -hmm. And it's right now, I think when you're watching films like this, it's all about the reminders to I know. the, you know, things that we enjoy growing up and um, trying to connect with us somehow in that way. And I think this film did a really good job of that. Yeah, I think that's what I'm feeling this season because I both find the escapism appealing, but I also found it kind of bittersweet. So it's been because I miss uh, going to the arts and other things like that. And so it's been, you know, an interesting experience for me as a viewer yeah. uh, for that. And um, so then they have Brandon and Jake that are trying to adopt and we have a kiss in front of the house. And I thought that was done really well, really sweet. And uh, so I didn't feel like the movie was... I didn't feel like the movie was dodging their relationship or treating mm -hmm. them any differently than if it was a, a heterosexual relationship in the same parts. I don't know. How did you feel about that? Well, and quite the opposite here, actually, in terms of dodging it, I think this was, this very easily could have been just a quick kiss and it was a passionate kiss. Yeah. It was. Um, not to really like hone in on that, but it's, it's something that I, I think was kind of impressive with this film. It didn't dodge it at all. They, had a passionate moment they showed it and moved on yeah i agree it was it was good and i felt like they had good chemistry i'd i'd see a, a whole movie about about them because i just at the end when you see them with the baby uh, a year later i'm like uh, he should not be in the uh, the christmas house that baby is going to like <laughs> This is a landmine, a nightmare for a baby in that house. There's so many things for them to pick up. And, and well, when the mother even said, I, "I, we need to baby proof our new house," I was like, "You need to baby proof this one." Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I, I, I was just kind of talking about that with actually, this is random, but my some of my friends who were complaining about Baby Yoda eating the eggs and stuff. <laughs> And I'm just like, babies put everything in their mouth. Right. That's what they do. That's what babies do. It's not malicious. It's just babies. Babies right. eat everything. And <laughs> you have to actively get them to not put things in their mouth. And so. Yeah. That, and I haven't yet to watch those. I'm still so behind. Oh, on the sorry. Spoiler. No, no, no. You're, you're fine. Because just as you said, you know, with the people that we talk to, I've heard nonstop about it. And I'm like, yeah. oh. <laughs> it's just a baby. It's a baby. Right. What's wrong with you? <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it was kind of nice also in this movie to have like an actual nice realtor because usually realtors are, there's dubious, a uh, dubious association with, they, they seem to always, especially, well, especially real estate investors, because they want to turn whatever it is, the beloved town landmark into a... <laughs> yeah, flip that. <laughs> yeah, they, they always want to turn it into condos. That's the big thing. <laughs> and so it's just, kind of, oh, she's nice. A nice realtor is just trying to do her job. You find out they get the adoption. And that was so 
exciting. I was so happy for yeah. them. It, I teared up. I really did. It was a nice touch. Yeah. It was a very nice touch, especially with where they, I mean, they're all sitting around the table when they get the call and it was nice. Cause I really believe in adoption. And I think that uh, it, when it all works out, it's such a beautiful selfless yeah. thing that can, that can happen. And especially if they'd had three fall through, Oh, that's brutal. Brutal. It, it's terrible. Uh, and I, I can't even begin to imagine what that feels like when you're getting your hopes up and you're, um, you know, setting yourself up for this life change that then you're told isn't going to occur and you have to kind of reset and move forward. Yeah. Um, you know, they didn't go too deep into that, um, but it was just enough of an emotional pull that mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm glad it was included. Yeah. Because a lot of people say, oh, well, you should just do adoption and they don't, to couples with infertility, which you should never say things like that, please, right. because <laughs> um, you don't know what it's like. Uh, but uh, but it's it's not that simple. It's an incredibly costly and incredibly difficult, sometimes emotionally exhausting experience. And so it's mm -hmm. it's a it's a difficult experience. But uh, when it works, it's so beautiful. So I, I really loved that. That was really wonderful. So he ended up, he ends up Robert Buckley's character ends up going up to New York for uh for this meeting with the handsome justice people and normally this whole i've got to leave this meeting now to be with the kid at a soccer game or his 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 recital or some sort of version of that i i'm not a fan of that trope usually it's very cringy to me and most of the time i'm just like just finish the meeting finish your <laughs> meeting and then go like <laughs> i don't know yeah. i don't but I kind of liked it here. I'm not so I was just so in, I was invested enough in the characters, I think, that it kind of worked for me. And and I, I liked he says I left as soon as I realized the life I wanted was here. Yeah, and that's a great line. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. How did you feel about that? I'm with you. I mean, again, it's one of those tropes that you see coming a mile away, but I liked how they kind of set it up a little bit and gave it a little bit more meat with yeah. the, when they started, they said, I'm sorry for waiting or something along those lines. They started later than expected. Um, and he, even when he kind of got what he wanted, that was the other nice piece, right? It wasn't just sitting in a meeting, um, waiting to see and debating where they can go. Um, yeah it was pretty much like, Hey, your show is not canceled yet, but, and we really want to make this work. Let's talk about ideas. So, um, he didn't, it, it was a little atypical in that sense. And I, yeah, like that. he still sort of finished the main part of the meeting. Mm -hmm. And then this was just sort of the chatting kind of part and brainstorming kind of part. And also I think that maybe part of the time is a lot of the times when they do this, it doesn't really feel like the event is job losing worthy. Yeah. right you know it's like they're gonna have a million recitals they're gonna have a million soccer games and uh and so for that you know it's not worth losing your job over whereas like this to me with this christmas house with them selling the house with all the other things with the, the adoption it, it does feel more like a once in a lifetime thing that you would really regret if you missed it i agree the stakes were so much higher there was so much mm -hmm. more involved um and they, you know, I think they set that up rather well. Yeah. Yep. And then you have Treat Williams saying, I don't need this house or the routine. I just need us. And so 
that was very relieving. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> and you know, I'll, I'll also say, Rachel, I don't know how you feel about this because of course you watch more Hallmark films mm-hmm. than I do. I thought the writing was really well done mm-hmm. in this film. There's of I, course yeah. some of the the funny kind of, you know, jokey, cringeworthy jokes that are made. Um, but all in all, I thought it was really well written and put together. Yeah, this writer, uh, she only has one other credit. This is her first for Hallmark, Erin um, Rodman. And uh, I think great first start. Way yeah. to go, Erin. Uh, very good. <laughs> and so hopefully we'll see more of you because I think it was a really, really good first effort. I agree. And a lot of pieces to be balancing all at the same time. And yep. so she did a good job. And so then we find out that that he is buying the house or Buckley's buying the house and it's just very exciting and uh and so that's kind of our happy ending to the movie and we we do our ranking our ratings in this show uh one to five crowns so what would you give this how many crowns would you give this film I would give it a four. I would give it four crowns. Yeah. I did very much enjoy it. Yeah. I'm going to give it 4.25 crowns. Yeah. I forgot to tell you, we can do points. (laughs) 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 But I really liked this film. I thought it was really good. And uh, so if you're listening, let us know what you would give it and how you would rank it. Uh, So, all right. Well, then let's talk about Heart of the Holidays. They're going to be covering God Winks and the Angel Tree uh, with Casey and Jess are going to be covering that later on this week. So if you're wondering why aren't they talking about that, that's why. Um, So there's just a (laughs) lot of movies this week. So we kind of divided it up. Uh, So the we are talking about heart of the holidays which was on monday and this was definitely an acquisition which uh, are typically not as strong it can be like i loved christmas perfection on lifetime which was an acquisition so it depends but uh, you can usually tell they don't have the same budget as a, as a outright hallmark film and you can definitely tell that here directed by Corey sevier who's the lead and it, star, it stars him and Vanessa Lenguiz. Sorry if I say your name wrong, Vanessa. But you are new to Hallmark, so that was fun to see you. Uh, she is also in Glee, I think was her most famous uh, role previous to this. And, and then it has... Uh, I really thought that... the I thought that actually the supporting cast was pretty strong in this, just in small roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I liked uh, the woman who played Marina. Um, she's only in a couple scenes, but I really liked her. And there was a side of me that was like, I wish the movie was about her. She's more interesting. <laughs> she's so cute. Um, I would but, agree. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and this movie is about after her life in New York unexpectedly falls apart, powerhouse stockbroker Sam Wallace returns returns to her small town for the holidays and reconnects with her high school sweetheart who helps reignite her humanitarian spirit just in time to help their community on Christmas. And so what was your overall thoughts about this movie? Um, I struggled with this one. (laughs) Uh, I I did not enjoy this film um, for a variety of reasons. Yeah. But I think first and foremost, I uh, did not find the leads very likable. And that was a a struggle for me from beginning to end. 
Yeah, it, I, I, it was okay for me. I'm a, such a softy this year. I'm, <laughs> but I, I also agree. I wasn't feeling the chemistry between them very much. And there were definitely problems, especially at the beginning with her likability. And it was just all extremely generic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, everything about this movie has been done a thousand times before and been done better. Uh, and so that's hard. Not that I mind a formula film, but when there's just nothing to really kind of set it apart, why would I watch this when I can just watch like I mentioned earlier, Rocky Mountain Christmas, like that's the exact right. same story with a girl from New York City who comes back to her family home. And I mean, so there's just so many of those. And uh, so that I think makes it challenging. And it didn't have, a lot of times th these kinds of movies will have a sort of a standout actor playing uh, like something like Treat Williams in Rocky Mountain Christmas playing the... Uh, um, the, the grandfather or the grandmother or somebody like that. And there really wasn't uh, anything quite on that level for this. I mean, I enjoyed, like I said, some of the supporting work, but, uh, but yeah, it, it kind of, I feel like it needed something like that to give it a little more weight to it. I don't know, but I, it starts out, she is this like shark investor who hasn't been home uh, for a long time. She's dating this guy and it starts out, he gives her this necklace and, uh, and he, he like, doesn't even stop to let her open it. He's like, I, I got to take this phone call. And we kind of joke on the podcast that cell phones are the thief of love. <laughs> they, always, they always interrupt See, everything. And that's where my problem started with this movie, uh -huh. <laughs> right at the beginning in the first three minutes. Yeah. Um, she tells him to answer it ultimately. Yeah, and I think that's she, where I was like, <laughs> because she's the woman of the city there. Yeah, that's yeah. why I didn't necessarily buy the fact that she got so upset about him being the new boss. Because yeah. if she's at a place where she's just like, I don't need you to to be uh, present when I'm opening this necklace. Uh, if she's at that <laughs> spot, then I don't know if she. I didn't really necessarily buy that she would be so upset. Uh, that he had, I mean, he's so upset to quit uh, and and that he wouldn't have told her about this. It seems highly that unlikely. That was crazy, <laughs> that it all happened overnight like that and he had no idea that this was actually happening. Does he not know where she works? Um, yeah, and, and when, especially if this is like big deal, she's so excited and she'd literally <laughs> just been telling him about how we're going to, we're going to invest in independent startups. Right. And so the fact that he wouldn't have been like, yeah, I might be your new boss seems ridiculous. And he, she's just going to show up at his office the next day. <laughs> that part got me. And I have to say also that I didn't even realize she was a stockbroker until she was talking to him. Be, uh, in in the office because before that I was thinking is she like a high-end publicist is she like what is she doing here um, I didn't pick up on it until then mm -hmm. and then finally I thought oh okay but yeah to be able to walk away from a high-end stockbroker job just like that must be pretty nice yeah and she had been there for <laughs> eight years so she's been and I guess at the beginning she was in this nonprofit, and then she slowly Kind of descended. It's kind of funny because uh, they, uh, you can tell this was an acquisition because 
uh, you know, we just had a Nashville Christmas Carol where they were so afraid to make Jesse Schramm's character an actual Scrooge character. Like literally the Cratchit character in that movie was begging to keep working for her. Like I've never seen a Christmas <laughs> Carol. Like I still enjoyed it because again, I'm just being softy this year. But um, uh, but, uh, it, it was, it was kind of, I sort of want to take this character in this movie and move her into National Christmas Carol. <laughs> Because right. I think that that she was ready to be like a Scrooge character, and again, that's how you can tell because Hallmark doesn't want their lead characters to be unlikable, really, yeah. in almost any way. But sometimes you need that because that's how you show character growth. Yeah, exactly and, right. And how they they change, especially if you're going to do a Scrooge narrative. But um, but anyway. So she comes back and she's kind of like embarrassed, I guess, to tell people that she quit her job, which, I mean, I love me a, an epic quit. That's one of my favorite things in the whole world (laughs) because I had my own epic quit (laughs) back in 2007 and it is the best. And I love it in shows and, 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 uh, on movies. And so I kind of wish that she had made this sort of an empowering moment for her like she had stood up to this like she didn't have anything to be embarrassed about as far as i'm concerned she quit the job and she should be kind of empowered by that proud of it right i agree because even i mean spoiler down the road when people find out it's played more as a like her not wanting to hurt anyone by telling like her mother by telling her instead of playing on the being embarrassed piece, which I could totally understand and totally, Mm -hmm. totally get, you know, you work so hard and then whatever, but also it was her choice uh, ultimately. Yeah. So it should be empowering because you didn't get fired. If I could be embarrassed if you're fired, but she totally chose to, to leave this job. But nevertheless, she goes home to spend time with her mom and her mom was pretty fun, I thought. She has a million activities that she wants her daughter to be involved in. Right away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Grab the hat, we're going. <laughs> and I can see that if, if truly you only had one, if you only had one daughter mm-hmm. and she hadn't been home in eight years, I think they said something about her being home for, for New Year's or something, but if she hadn't been home for Christmas for eight years, I can see why you'd be like, ah! Yeah, but the plot hole in that was, she said, get the hats, they're on your the dresser in your bedroom. <laughs> and she was so surprised to see her. I'm like, come on. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. And also the fact that the, the twinkle lights were lit in her room. I'm like, is she, yeah. is she ma- maintaining this room for eight years? i I didn't even realize that (laughs) yeah (laughs) like i think she turned those lights off but uh i guess she just misses her daughter so much (laughs) and so they bring up a a, this girl marina who i thought was really cute and i i liked that actress i hope we can have her on the podcast because she seemed really fun and and i hate love triangles this where honestly i was enjoying the twilight books and then when we got to eclipse where there's like it was going to be this was going to be a love triangle series i was like i'm done i'm out of this i hate love triangles because i always i always end up wishing they picked the other person and so then it's just (laughs) frustrating and so i'm like ah and uh and so i'm not saying this happened here but 
I I was just like, oh, why do they have to do a love triangle? I mean, they at least with Marina, they at the end they say, oh, she ends up, hey, she's going to the party with a mechanic or whatever. So they try to kind of give her a happy ending, and they didn't spend too much time on it. So I was glad about that because there was one this year called The Amazing Snow Romance, and oh, I hate that movie <laughs> so much. It really leaned on the on their love triangle and i don't know i just hate that i just it is not for me yeah you're exactly right here they didn't focus on that much here i felt like they really didn't give her much to work with yeah um she kind of popped in a few times the other uh character supporting character was tara josie joshi who played mm-hmm. tessa um who was pregnant with her third child and she film. was fun i liked, I liked her, her every time that they were talking when she was talking with the main character i was like okay now less about you more about (laughs) tessa i want to know what's going on i was thinking that too i'm like i want the movie to be about the pregnant lady she seems hilarious (laughs) and really fun or about marina and (laughs) i yeah i agree with you about that and uh i I think that they, I was expecting them to have the moment where it's like, oh, I thought you were with, uh, I thought you were with Marina, but in her, for her to get jealous, but they didn't really do that. Yeah. Yeah. They Never really happened, that. nor did anyone really question the fact that, like, except for the mother who knew that Sam, the main character, had a partner back yeah. in New York. Uh, New York City, at least. No one ever questioned, you know, have you talked yeah. to him? Where's he at? What's he doing? What's going on? Yeah. And evidently, every single thing has to be done at Noah, at Noah I think it is Noah's restaurant, everything right. in town. Right. And even so they have the food bank. And evidently, they don't have any, any ovens or anything like that at the food <laughs> bank. Um, and <laughs> or any other place they got to do it there. So they have all the times for them to to meet up and they they have the whole scene with them moving the gingerbread house and i always think it's funny in these movies when they act like people are actually going to eat the gingerbread house <laughs> especially one like that that's like really big and formal and like that kind of gingerbread is not good no no, no. <laughs> they have to make it they have to cook it so it's really hard and and uh, and those kinds of gingerbread are a pain in the neck to make because when you bake cookies, they they misshapen. Yeah. They don't stay perfect. And so they're real, it's really hard. It's like make. those really wild wedding cakes that are made and they just they don't taste great because they're just no. basic cakes. Yeah, you know? it's like a lot of fondant it, and a lot of exactly yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, agreed. And uh, but they did have the scene where they're carrying it and they kind of they almost almost drop it. And uh, they sort of look into each other's eyes like, ooh. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. This is actually where I really started disliking, well, more Noah, the uh, Corey Seavers character. Mm -hmm. Um, I I just quite honestly thought he was being a jerk uh, when, you know, Sam was trying to talk with him. It was really frustrating. I I know that they were trying to show that he was hurt in the past and really Uh kind of distant and wanted to keep her at a distance. But... um, yeah, Ultimately, he's bitter because she left without telling him, yeah. which is pretty rude, especially in this day and age when you literally can just send a text or like to just leave. Yeah, uh, is pretty rude, and I I always get frustrated with the with those plot lines because when people do that, they take the they're robbing the other person of their agency 
they're making the decision for them instead of saying, well, maybe he would go to New York. Who knows? Like he should be involved in the choice. Right. Yeah. Instead of just leaving, but you see that all the time in these, in these films. Uh, So she ends up getting offered this like really plush job working for this fundraising company, working for managing the fundraising for this company in the city. Uh, But she decides that, oh, I'm going to move back home and she's going to work basically for the lady who runs the food bank Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Yeah. And what we find out after this, and I'm I'm still in your thunder here a little bit, but to make the point, um, her her boyfriend from New York shows up. Mm -hmm. He is way more likable than (laughs) Noah is way more. Yeah. I mean, he like was really trying to make it work and, you know, I I thought really the only thing I didn't like was that they did rob her of her empowerment there by acting as though he had to give her the opportunities. Mm-hmm. He helped her get that interview. He did this. He did that. Whereas she yeah. was the one that built herself up for eight years. That frustrated me a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, she <laughs> she had had kind of I don't know. It was weird because she. I don't want to say it like she she seemed to also be kind of enabling him in that behavior a little mm-hmm. bit too uh in their relationship uh at the beginning of the film and she finally breaks it up with him and I agree I thought that like he's one of those bad men of business that is only bad because we're told he's bad like in the script wants him to be bad like in his actual actions what did he do that was so bad right. I mean, aside from not telling her that he was going to be her boss that was just stupid um but they were on the same page they were both in the same spot so it's it's like natural for him to assume that she's going to be fine with that well, and i remember the movie started with her missing the date and him showing up with food <laughs> right oh that's true and she he says i didn't you get all of my texts and all of my calls and messages and everything like that so it's not like he's he's just totally blown her off like he literally has found her a job and <laughs> and or at least you know used his connections to try to help her and yeah. she, he thinks that she's unhappy and uh, and so yeah it's it's an interesting thing in these hallmark movies when the, I, you have to kind of step back and be like, is this person really a bad man of business right. or are they just trying to convince us that he's a bad man of business? In but a strange way, in a strange way, history repeats itself in this film with the fact that how she treated Noah in the past with just leaving mm-hmm. without That's talking true. to him and how, how she treats Will. Yeah, and so she tells Noah that she's staying and that she is going to buy a house and it's going to be a pretty amazing house and that she's going to work for the uh the food bank lady and i I, it sounded like a pretty i don't know where this is supposedly taking place i can't remember but i don't know she's affording such a fancy house on a fundraiser salary (laughs) i guess maybe she saved her money who knows um but but anyway she's gonna buy this this house and they're going to assumedly move in together and they kiss and it's very exciting and uh they did have a name drop of the movie in the movie which is you don't always see where they're talking about the heart of the holidays which i thought was kind of fun yeah and um yeah i this movie 
wasn't the best. It was tolerable, but definitely one of the weaker of this season for Hallmark, in my opinion. Uh, I'm probably I'm gonna give it a uh, I'm gonna give it a two point seven five crowns. Yeah. So because I like even numbers, um, I'm gonna give it a two. Okay. Um, yeah. Did you realize too that? Uh, maybe it's just because I watched, well, we all watched them so close together because they were uh-huh. back-to-back days, but they kind of follow similar trajectories in a way yeah. where it's coming together to work on something. So in a Christmas house, it's the Christmas right. house. In Heart of the Holidays, it's the food pantry. Yeah. There's a job interview or a job to go, yeah. you know, maybe get back and then you make when the other coming choice. coming from the city and the yeah. city is evil. I always joke that... <laughs> That you're only a good person in the city if you are a window designer or you're running a parade. <laughs> That's the only allowable careers. It's a great way to put it. Yeah. So <laughs> she she was up there in the city and she came back and she was saved <laughs> from the <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, is very, very, very formulaic. But, uh, but yeah, so there we go. That is heart of the holidays. Let us know what you think of it. And, uh, where can people follow you if they want to follow you on social media or your other content? Sure. Um, guy at the movies.com will kind of give you the, the map of where you can find me, but the main places will be guy at the movies.com for news, uh, guy at the movies on Instagram for daily reviews, as well as guy at the movies one on Twitter. Someone already had guy at the movies when I started. So, Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can find me at Rachel's reviews, all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So please check that out and make sure you're following the podcast, the Homeworkies pod and Homeworkies podcast all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. We really, really appreciate those and they help people to find the podcast. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. And we also have our patron group, which has so many fun opportunities to watch alongs with Hallmark talent and other fun stuff. We have our watch along for December with uh, we're watching a heavenly Christmas with screenwriter Greg McBride and he's delightful. So you're, you're going to want to be in on that. And then, uh, it's only $2 a month to join. So please check that out in all the information is in the description. We also have our merch store, which is having huge sales, uh, this week. So you can get all of your Hallmark inspired merch and also your festive holiday inspired merch. Check that out. You'll love it. And we would certainly be so appreciative. So thanks so much, Joe, for coming on. This was a lot of fun. And I uh, hope you have a very Merry Christmas. Thank Bye, you, you as well. Thanks for having me. Bye. Merry Christmas.